Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here tonight by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Mr. Trey Stinky Fingers Jose is not with us tonight. No, no, unfortunately he's not. And I have to give him a shout out here because like he's like our director, producer, editor, <laughs> uh, full-blown contributor. He's the uh, IT guy. Yeah, not that he also d- does most of our Twitter work. Um, so he's he's like an extremely valuable part of this. Like <laughs> yeah. every time we go to do an episode without him here, it's a shit show. Yeah, uh, we're always like Trey, help us. <laughs> we we have the wrong settings. It's not it's not working. He goes, it's this this and this. We're like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so uh, huge shout out to Trey because honestly, he's probably the most valuable part of this three of these three guys here. Yeah, if you're new to the show, it's our first year recording the podcast, so. Uh, the podcast world is a little bit new to us. Um, luckily, we got Trey to help us through the recording issues. But um, as far as fantasy football goes, we've all been playing fantasy football for a very long time. Um, so if you're new to the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. We hope to bring you um, some good insight and experience and knowledge. And W's. Forward. And W's, baby. Uh, we like them championships and them dollars with those championships. So we don't do this shit for free. <laughs> well, we do the podcast for free. <laughs> we don't like to play fantasy football for free. Um, but uh, if you're looking for the early window matchups, that was in a previous episode. So make sure you check that out for the early games. Uh, in this show, this episode, we're going to be doing the late games and our starts of the week at the end. So, uh, but for future reference, uh, we've been doing waiver wire shows and matchup episodes and starts of the week every single week this season. Um, we plan to develop this podcast a little bit more um, going forward. Right now, it's it's in the rookie phase, pretty basic. <laughs> but the knowledge and the takes are not basic. <laughs> Uh, at least we hope so. So um, let's get right into the late window games here, and we'll kick it off with the Chicago Bears taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Seahawks are six and a half point favorites. The over under is forty two and a half points. Uh, Seahawks offense did not look good on Tuesday night football at all. Um, it it looked pretty bad, um, but. Like, okay, Russell was 31 for 17, 156 yards and an interception. Um, it was against the Rams. This week they have a juicier matchup against the Chicago Bears, um, who are top five in points given up to opposing, opposing quarterbacks uh, so far through the season. Um, do you trust Russell? He had a good game against Houston a couple weeks ago. Did not have a good game against the Rams. Can you trust him in the semis against the Bears? I think you can. Um, I mean, they're I, basically just playing for pride at this point, right? Yeah, they are, yeah. I, it's it's tough. I mean, obviously, I'm the resident Seahawks fan of this group, and I watch every game pretty religiously. Um, and Russ, since he came back from the injury, the finger injury, like, he clearly isn't one hundred percent there. Um, he, I think he has, he's having grip issues because like some of these balls are just, like not even close. 
Yeah. Um, which makes you, which gives you some, some certain, certainly some pause, but he gets his, his top guy back. You know, Tyler Lockett comes back who is been killing it since Russ came back from injury. Um, and so I think because of that, it opens up the offense for as a whole, being able to have, you know, Tyler and DK there. So I think you can still, you can still trust him. And again, the matchup is, is pretty damn good. Yeah, Tyler Lockett was activated uh, from the reserve COVID-19 list on Thursday, so it's looking like he will be available. And I I really like Tyler Lockett this week. I mean, he's fresh, right, because he didn't just play on Tuesday, so I think this team will lean on Tyler Lockett again this week, and it was pretty evident how much they missed him in that offense last week. So for me, Tyler Lockett, you can play. I think Russ, you can play as well. What about DK Metcalf, though? Um, He's opened up the week uh, 16 prep with back-to-back cap sessions. Um, So it's kind of been the story all year for him, the practice limitations, that is, um, because he he got that foot injury sometime around week four. He had 93% of uh, the share of of offensive snaps on Tuesday, uh, but didn't do a whole lot with it. So, 12 targets. Um, but do you you plug him right back in if you survived with him on your team so far this year and you're in the semis? Yeah, you probably have to. I mean, he got 12 targets because, you know, there w- there wasn't an, another, like, great receiver to, to throw to. Um, and that's pretty impressive that he got 12 targets even with Jalen Ramsey shadowing him the entire game, who he had, like, major fits with in last, last year, you know, when Jalen Ramsey shadowed him. So, yeah, it shows, you know, his progress there, and again, you put Tyler Lockett back on the field, it opens it up, up for both of them. So yeah, I think you can plug them both back in. Uh, what about the backfield situation? We finally got a, a featured game from Rashad Penny, and he delivered against the Houston, but, and, and it's kind of funny, all the reports coming out about, you know, Pete Carroll saying, yeah, he, he's deserved a lead back role, yada yada. Well, they ended up splitting touches, <laughs> he ended up splitting touches with DJ Dallas last week, who, um, actually finished with more total touches um, and also got the lone touchdown. So can you trust Rashad Penny or any anyone in this running back field group? Um, That's that's tough. I mean, I know Penny was the big waiver wire addition last week. Um, and but we and, you know, we all were like, yo, it's against the Rams. Like good pickup, but I don't. We didn't think yeah, he was a viable him. start. Um, I mean, I don't. I'll I'll uh, I'll make it easy for you. No, <laughs> <laughs> you don't play Penny. You don't play DJ Dallas. I mean, unless you're in the deepest, deepest of leagues. Well, Dallas for sure not. But I think mean, I think I think Penny's still a viable option. Honestly, um, I think part of what happened last week was could have been game script because DJ Dallas is more the pass catching back than Penny is. So it could have been something to do with that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're not going to start Penny with any, like, real confidence. Yeah, I'm not going to start Penny at all. Uh, <laughs> David Montgomery rushed 18 times for 60 yards and caught five passes for 23 yards in Monday's 17-9 to loss to the Vikings. Um, he was the only Bears running back to receive a carry in Week 15. Um, so, you know, Montgomery is a solid RB1 
um, no matter really who they play. But uh, the matchup is a decent matchup against the Hawks. They've gotten better as the season has gone on, but the defense has had struggles all year. Yeah, especially against running backs and especially running backs who can catch the ball. They give up a ton of yards to running backs through the year. Yeah, so if you survived and you got Montgomery on your team, plug him right back in. Uh, last week was pretty tough, but he he should uh, produce pretty well this week. Um, what about the other Bears, though? It, starting with the quarterbacks, Fields uh, didn't practice Thursday dealing with an ankle injury. The Bears held a walkthrough on Wednesday, um, after which Fields was listed as a limited participant on a, on a walkthrough. Um, now, that's a normal session, but he didn't take any uh, part in any drills. It's unclear if Fields' ankle issue is putting him in danger of being absent on Sunday. Um, but Andy Dalton is also dealing with a left hand and growing injury but he was activated from the reserve COVID-19 list on Thursday and practiced in full. So it's pretty dicey here Um, because you don't really know who's going to play at quarterback. And so how do you deal with that? I mean, can you, can you start Mooney or Cole Komet with any confidence? Uh, Cole Komet? No, Um, he hasn't shown any consistency. Mooney, I think you can, regardless who starts. Uh, he's been pretty consistent the second half of the season so far. Uh, obviously, he's, if you're a Mooney guy, you're hoping actually Dalton plays because he has gone off when Dalton is the quarterback. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's, you know, in the last, what was it, four of the last five games, he's seen at least seven targets. Um, I think he's, you know, catching about five catches a game on that. So, five catches. 60 to 70 yards per throw a touchdown in there and you know and there's your game so I think regardless of who plays he's definitely a flex worthy play if Dalton plays I think you could bump him up to like a low end receiver to a high end flex play yeah that's kind of where I have him to borderline wide receiver too especially if Dalton's playing um he did have that game where Dalton played and he had 16 targets in that game yeah. so love to see that he had a couple solid games with Dalton at quarterback so if Dalton is playing, I think Mooney is a little bit more attractive. If it's Fields, I'm probably not starting anyone, including Fields. You know, just don't have that trust. Um, Steelers at the Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are seven-point favorites, and the over-under is 44.5 points. Starting on the Steelers' side, um, kind of a dud week for the entire offense. Um, but Deontay Johnson has been one of the most consistent receivers in the game this year for fantasy purposes. So he's an absolute must start for me. Um, Chase Claypool, no. That, <laughs> just, that That's our announcement on Claypool, just Claypool, no. No. There's a whole lot of drama tied into Chase Claypool right now, and you can't trust him in the semifinals, even though there might be a lot of points scored in this one. I don't like him. Yeah. You know, funny enough, after the whole Claypool, like, drama that happened, you know, the other week with him celebrating on the, on a two-minute drive, um, did you guys see the meme that came out that stated, I already don't like the next receiver that the Pittsburgh Steelers draft because <laughs> they went from Antonio Brown to Juju Smith-Schuster to Chase Claypool. Yeah, yeah. Some interesting picks there, but, yeah, can't trust him right now. 
Um, Najee Harris, on the other hand, 12 attempts last week for 18 yards. Um, I still consider him a must start just because yeah. of his usage all year. And I don't think you should hesitate to start him. No, but, no, not at all. I mean, he's been a top 10 back all year long. The touches he gets, like nobody, uh, there's no, not another running back on this offense essentially that gets any work. Right. So it's all Najee and it's all the time. Uh, Pat Fryermuth remains in the league's concussion per protocol. Um, he exited Sunday's game um, in that win over the Titans. Um, he was unable to practice for a second straight day. Um, if he does play, is he playable against the Chiefs at tight end? I think so. I mean, he's he gets too much work in the red zone to say he not to start him. Yeah. I know, like that makes him touchdown dependent, but I mean, I'll take touchdown dependent when you're almost guaranteed, you know, two or three red zone targets a game. Yeah, there's not many tight ends who aren't touchdown dependent, yeah. you know. So, and, and it's it's likely they go to him in the red zone. So, you know, you, you with this whole Steelers offense, you kind of just hope they're having an on day because when they're not, when they're having a bad day, it's it's bad, you know. Um. So you hope they, they bring it against the Chiefs and they put up some points. In that case, Fryermuth should have a decent game. Um, on the Chiefs' say, side, Mahomes, big game last week um, against the Chargers. You're obviously starting him and praying he doesn't get COVID. Uh, Tyreek Hill was one of seven Chiefs to test positive for the virus on Tuesday. Um, now there's 14 players on the Chiefs on the reserve and COVID-19 list. Um, if vaccinated, Hill will still have a chance to be cleared for Sunday's game, but I don't think it's been reported whether or not that he is or not. No, I'm the only reason we know any player is vaccinated or not is if that player came out and said it. Um, cause you know, by law, they're not allowed to like release that kind of information. Right. So they do on their own, you know, cognizance and it's fine. Um, and on the other hand, Travis Kelsey also tested positive, but is vaccinated. So he's got a good chance to play um, if he can clear the, the NFL's new protocol, um, which being vaccinated helps a lot with that. So let's all pray that Travis Kelsey is playing <laughs> on Sunday. So, I mean, honestly, here, here's the deal. If for whatever reason, what, if they're both out, who are you playing in, for the passing game here? Oh, man. I mean, if he, it feels like Miko Hardman has to be played. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't have other options, but like, you're, you're, I mean, you're throwing a dart. I mean, would you go much. with um, uh, who's the trouble, the troubled receiver that they have there? Josh Gordon. Uh, you know, I've seen him picked up in a few leagues. Yeah. Um, I don't trust it. No, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, so so are you with me? Like, Miko, if they're both out, Miko Hartman is has has to be played, right? I feel like he has to. I don't think he has to. No. So you're just going to go from starting. I can see the Chiefs spreading the ball around a lot and just taking, just utilizing a lot of different guys because they don't have their, their go-to guys. Okay. And in that case, yeah, I don't trust anyone. I mean, I could see them, you know, leaning a lot on the running backs. So, I mean, I yeah, think Clyde, Clyde, yeah. Clyde's probably a must-start anyways, but let's say Hill and Kelsey are out. Does that mean that? We see a lot more Daryl Williams in this game also. Maybe they line him up in like in the slot a bunch. Yeah, you could see those guys involved in the passing game a lot more, which um would be great to see. 
they have been using Clyde a little bit more um, in design routes and stuff like that. So I like Clyde this week. You know, he had a tough game last week. The Chargers did a really good job of shutting down the rushing game. Um, he averaged, you know, 3.6 yards per carry, um, which wasn't great. And if you manage to survive with him on your roster, it's a favorable matchup against the Steelers, regardless of whether Tyree kill or Kelsey play. Um, Steelers are allowing the seventh most points to opposing running backs right now. So for me, Clyde Edwards, Alaire is a must play this week. I, I would agree there. Um, I, I, yeah, Clyde. I, regardless who's in or out, I think Clyde is must play. Yeah. If the other guys are out, and or if one misses time, that just only increases the you know likelihood that Clay has a or Clyde has a huge game. Yep. Uh, Denver Broncos taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Broncos are one point favorites. The over under is forty one and a half points. Uh, Javante Williams dealing with a knee injury remained limited at practice on Thursday. Meanwhile, Melvin Gordon dealing with a thumb and a hip was also limited on Thursday. At this stage, we expect both of them to play, um, in the game against the Raiders. Um, but unless they practice fully Friday, official questionable tags will be carried into the game, um, on Sunday. But for me, you know, Javante Williams must start. Do you feel the same about Melvin Gordon if they're both active and playing? Um, In this matchup, yes. So, as you said, Javante Williams is an absolute must start. He's had at least 16 touches in four straight games, um, including at least four uh, targets to the air. So that's huge. Yeah. Um, and but, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. Um, obviously, I know Javante Williams is kind of like our Antonio Gibson of last year in the offseason. Like he was the guy that we were the the little more savvy ones in our in our league were uh were you know really gunning for. for yeah. Um, and but with that said, I think you can absolutely start Melvin Gordon this week too. Uh, the Raiders are the third worst defense against running backs on the season, so they're both gonna have pretty good games, especially when you throw in the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is probably not playing, and Drew Locke is the start. That means I think they rely on the running game a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, receiving game, don't start anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like, Teddy Bridgewater is out. Do you going to trust Drew, Luck, Drew Locke, who's probably going to throw the ball 14 yards over the receiver's head? Well, even with Bridgewater in, these receivers have not produced for many weeks now in a row. Um, Noah Fant has been non-existent. So, yeah, not starting anybody. Yeah, and the thing is, like, too, that's so crazy because when you like look at the talent on the receiving cores, like it's it's pretty it's up there. Yeah, and they locked all these guys into long term <laughs> yeah. deals. I mean, <laughs> Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, Noah Fan, they're all very talented guys. Yeah, but I, obviously, whatever it's, I don't know if it's the quarterback holding them back or if it's the offensive coordinator, but something has to change there to right. make them like. Well, they need open a quarterback up. for sure. <laughs> that would be. I mean, be we, we've step. seen we've seen like Teddy Bridgewater produce elsewhere. Eh, I I don't kind I'm kind of. of well, I mean he's never been like great you know it's not like Amos ever said he's a top twelve quarterback yeah but he's been decent so I I don't know it kind of makes me feel like there's a there's a coordinator issue going on there maybe a head coach issue maybe he's you know Vic Fangio yeah something needs to change that's for sure but for this week you definitely can't start any of them 
Um, on the Raiders' side, Josh Jacobs dealing with an illness. He did practice in full on Thursday, so he's looking good to go against the Denver Broncos. But it is a tough matchup. Um, how do you view Josh Jacobs this week? I don't even look at him. I don't view him at all. Wow. I, I, I told you guys last week when we questioned whether if he had a good game or not, whether we were going to jump off of the Josh Jacobs train for the rest of the year, and I am off that train. I'm not chasing it. I'm turning around. I'm hitchhiking. <laughs> like, I would rather spend the weekend in a camp of hobos on the side of the railroad <laughs> than to touch Josh Jacobs. Wow. I'm a little higher on him than that. Um, <laughs> I view him like a kind of like a low end, really low end running back too, especially this week against Josh Jacobs. I still think he can, you know, like who are you going to play over Josh Jacobs unless you were, you know, able to make some nice waiver wire moves, you know, who are you going to play over him, right? Like okay. that's where I'm I mean, struggling with it. Obviously, Javonta Williams, that's an easy one. I would play Damian Williams over him, um, Daryl Henderson, even in the committee. Um, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Melvin Gordon too. Um I mean, I, I think there's uh, quite a few guys. I, I think at the very, very best, if I'm being you know real about it, uh, Josh Jacobs at best is a flex play. Would you go Justin Jackson or Josh Jacobs with Eckler playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! Um, honestly, I actually I think I'd actually probably go Justin Jackson. The matchup is really, really nice there. Devin Singletary or Josh Jacobs? All right. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not jumping off cliffs here. I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, I'm, I'd go with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Hunter Renfro was putting up some really solid numbers three weeks in a row, um, but got a dud last week against the Browns. Um, he only had five targets, which is his lowest total since week six. Um, but there was a lot of disappointing performances in week 15. Do you hesitate, though, starting Renfro again after his dud, or should fantasy managers flex him again uh, without worry? I'd flex him again, honestly. Um, the whole Raiders offense as a whole. The whole Raiders offense as a whole. Good uh, good English there for me. But, um, <laughs> but uh, they they the whole offense was bad, pretty bad last week. Um, I expect that Renfro to bounce back. Because, like, every other game of the year when they've had, like, poor offensive outings, Renfro still has produced. So I expect him to continue to do so going forward. Yeah, and it's looking like Darren Waller dealing with the knee in the back. He was listed as a non-participant on Thursday's walkthrough. Um, He hasn't played a full game since week 11. It's not looking great again this week. So that leaves the door open a little bit for Hunter Renfro as well to for the team to lean on him. Because uh, we know the other receivers have not produced. Um, so, yeah, I think you can start Renfro out of just pure volume sake. But, and, and you know, he's a good player, obviously. But um, Waller out, Foster Moreau going to be the tight end. Can you start Foster Moreau at tight end? Um, I don't love it. Um, I mean, he had a decent game last week. I think he had 10 points last week. So, you know, pretty pretty decent, solid game last week. The two weeks before that, when he played, though, were, like, basically non-existent. Like, he might as well not even been on the field. Yeah. So, that makes it tough. The matchup isn't great against the Broncos. 
I'm going to pivot away from him if I can, but you may right. not have a better option. Would you go like Ricky Seals Jones? Yes. Over him? Yes. Um, Derek Carr, I don't view him as streamable this week. Mat- tough matchup, and he's not played well. Right. Yeah, and I agree. And that's kind of why it makes me like even more hesitant with uh, Foss and Rowe. Um, I feel like if there's going to be one guy that has a decent game in the passing offense, it'll be Renfro and no one else. Yeah. Uh, Washington football team taking on the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys are 11 point favorites. The over under is 47 points. Um, Antonio Gibson. There's never a week where we're questioning whether <laughs> or not Antonio Gibson's going to play this week. He's dealing with the toe. He didn't participate in practice, um, on Thursday, which was a walkthrough. Um, so you got to pay attention to Friday's practice report. You know, the team's going to do more than just a walkthrough. So if he logs any sort of limited practice, obviously if he logs a full practice, he should be good to go. Um, but it's still a bit dicey, you know. Even though McKissick is on IR still, um, Antonio Gibson does have a nice high ceiling if he's the guy and he's not fumbling the ball. Um are you worried about Gibson at all this week, though? If he plays, you're starting him. Yeah. I And pick up Jarrett Patterson if you haven't already. It, yeah, if you're a Gibson owner, if you can get Patterson just in case, um, that's a pretty good play, play in, all on its own. Yeah, Jarrett Patterson, a rookie that you know, you've know you seen on the field a little bit. I think he had his first touchdown of his career last week. Um, If Gibson is active and playing, you're playing him. Um, but pick up Patterson for that pivot just in case because toes, you know, we don't know if it's turf toe or what exactly it is, but we've seen toes hold people out before. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Jeez, man. Really living up to his name as scary Terry. It's, it's gotten very, very scary. There's no doubt about that. Uh, in the last matchup in which Taylor Heineke was playing, he was held to zero catches. The last matchup against Dallas, that is. He was held to zero catches on three targets. Uh, it's likely, it's looking like Taylor Heineke is going to be back for this game. Um, no more Garrett Gilbert, but <laughs> what do you do with Terry McLaurin? You know, can you play him? I mean, you probably have to, honestly. I mean, if, I don't think you have to at this point. I mean, I mean, if you, it depends on I, it, everyone's team is gonna be a little different here. Um, I think I'm at this point. You've probably found somebody to replace him as like your receiver one or two. Going into your flexes, I hope you have somebody else. Um, but you you might you may be forced to. Like, would you go Hunter Renfro or Terry McLaurin? Renfro. Uh, it's much more consistent usage. Jaden Waddle. Or Terry McLaurin. Oh, I, that's not even quite waddle over both of them. Um, DK Metcalf, McLaurin, DK, Mike Williams, Mike, DJ Moore. Okay. He plays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> McLaurin. Um. So yeah, Devontae Smith or McLaurin. McLaurin. Okay. Yeah, man, it's just, it's just tough. It's just, it's just been so bad, and he's such a good player, and it's it sucks. But 
Yeah. He's got an incredibly high ceiling. We know what he's capable of doing, right? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, he his first two years in the league, he was phenomenal. I mean, he was an absolute, like, people were like, whoa, where'd this kid come from? He was, he was like the third receiver drafted on from his own team in the year he came out. Like, he came out and is having a killer year, or a killer you know, career, then. I don't know what the happened this year, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, the other only other guy worthy of talking about starting is Ricky Seals Jones at tight end. It's kind of hard to judge his usage off of last week because they were obviously using Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. Like I said, Heineke should be back. Um, Ricky Seals Jones is healthy and playing, but still feels kind of risky even for a tight end right now. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, honestly, you're just hoping that I mean, obviously Heineke will be back and that you're banking on every other game that Seals Jones has played essentially this year with Heineke. He's had a really good floor. So um, I'm going to keep banking on that. And, and I think he should be in in pretty much everyone's starting lineup. Yeah, we, we've seen the way Washington uses their tight ends. They like to stick with one guy. And I got to imagine that's going to be Ricky Seals this week. So, yeah, I think he could. I think he's playable at tight end. Um, on the other side of the ball, Dak Prescott. Um, if you've managed to survive with him as your as your starting quarterback for the last three weeks, um, do you trust him again in the semifinals? Hasn't been playing the best ball, but they are you know, going up against the team that's giving up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position on the year, um, which is the Washington football team. So do you throw him back in there with a, a really positive matchup and just trust that Dak will perform? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not, it's not like an easy decision. You don't, do it with a ton of confidence, but the matchup is just, it's just, it's just so too good. good. Yeah. And I know they just played two weeks ago. He had not, you know, he had okay numbers, not great fantasy numbers. He had a couple picks, which really hurt him. Um, But I mean, the thing is too, like with him, if you look at how much they're throwing the goddamn ball, like, holy hell. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'm going to run it back from the Giants team last week back five weeks, 37 attempts, 39 attempts, 40, 47, 43. That's just the last five weeks, and it, like there's other games that are get even worse. It's just they throw the ball like they're allergic to running it. <laughs> I mean, Kellen Moore, and and that's one of the things that like people have been frustrated with the Dallas offense is that Kellen Moore can become so lopsided in terms of the way he play he calls plays, where they're like, hey, we have two pretty good running backs back there. Maybe we should try to give him the ball and right. open up and you know you know keep defenses honest. And he can kind of seem to like seem like he's playing Madden out there and is like you know. I want to play. I want to remember my best play every play. Right, right. And yeah, against computers, it works because they don't think they don't know how to like you know read that. But like in the NFL, people adjust after like every series, defenses adjust. Right. You know. Um. So you gotta they gotta be more honest there. But they just still like on the year they throw the ball way too much. So I think you have to throw them again against a really really good matchup. And then you know the question is yeah what do you do with the running backs. Uh, Zeke last week, decent game, but really only because he was able to find the end zone. 16 attempts, 52 yards, rushing touchdown. He had four targets through the air, three receptions, and 20 yards. 
Um, it was the first time he, he found the end zone since week 12 against the Raiders, and his 16 carries were his most since week eight, uh, week eight against the which was when they fished the Vikings. Um, this week, yeah, Washington is a good matchup through the air, but they haven't been giving up a ton of points to running backs on the season. Um, Pollard was limited at practice again on Thursday, so he's dealing with some injury. Um, how does that make you feel about Zeke? I mean, if you're in the semis and he's on your roster, probably have to start him, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's not like Zeke's been, like, terrible, you know? If you look at he's just not having, like, the big games that that we came to expect from him, right? Yeah. He's still putting up solid numbers. Like, they're not, the, again, they're not the numbers you want. They're not numbers of a, you know, first-round draft pick the last few weeks. But he also has been dealing with injuries, which makes a huge difference for him, especially with the type of usage he's had over his career. I mean, the Cowboys, up until the last base of this year, have tried to literally run the like knees off of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he's not putting up great numbers, but I think he still gives you a solid floor. Um. You kind of have to hope they get into a goal line situation. Yeah. And he gets in the end zone. Like, that's kind of where it's gone with Zeke this yeah. year. And again, though, them giving him more carries last week than they have in a you know two months, that's a good sign that he's getting healthier and that they'll use him more. Right. And let's be real. I mean, this team wants to be in the playoffs and make a run, so they don't want to kill Zeke, you know, in the regular season. Um, You know, like every team wants to be healthy going into the playoffs, but, um, yeah, I think you can start them. Uh, the receivers, though, that's another question mark, at least with Amari Cooper. Five targets last week, two receptions for eight yards. Um, yeah, and he came out and I know he was trying to say he's mad about his usage. He framed it in a way like, oh, no, I just think that we can be better as an offense by basically saying he's like, we're not as explosive as I think as they should be. Right. But really he was saying, I'm not getting the ball enough. <laughs> I'm fucking angry. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, God, Trey was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd go off on this one. Um, it's just one of those things like he is and it's hard as like Trey has you know, he's a Raiders fan and has been on him ever since he left. But like other than like his first, you know, season in Dallas, he's still shown to be the guy like he's a boomer bust option and not like a week in, week out like solid play. Yeah, it's a it's a really scary start. Even in a really good matchup. Right. And I think he's also kind of probably kind of pissed off that Ceedee Lamb and came in and he's like, I'm he's just a better receiver than Amari Cooper is. He is, and, yeah, <laughs> no, he <laughs> is. Like he just it, like there's no way about that. Yeah, um, and I'm sure that hurts Amari Cooper's pride a little bit, and so he's upset. But it is what it is, and he needs to compliment him as a receiver too to, you know, really open up the offense even more. Yeah, scary start here. I mean. Uh, if you have better options, like let yeah. me Mike Williams or Amari Cooper. Mike, I have I'm starting Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks if he's available over Amari Cooper this week. Because I actually have all I've this has been a conundrum for me all year in our main league because I've had all three of them. Yeah, and it's hard week and week out to decide who to go with. Um, but this week Amari's out. I'm putting Cooks and Big Mike in. Would you go McLaurin, 
or Cooper? Oof. Um. Uh, <laughs> um. I would say Cooper. Yeah, I would. I would lean Cooper too in that situation. Better matchup and better offense. And at least we've seen a little bit from Cooper this year. Terry's been. Uh, I mean, it's just been tough for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Ceedee Lamb must start. Nine targets, six receptions, fifty yards last week. Yeah, great matchup. You got to start him. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same with Dalton Schultz. Eight targets last week, eight receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. He was a tight end five last week. He's a top 10 tight end play week in, week out at this point, or has been for a while this season. Yeah, for the most part. Um, And that probably does it for that matchup. So let's move on here to the Miami Dolphins taking on the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. The Saints are three-point favorites. The over-under is 38.5 points. Um, Tua, uh, in Trey's opinion, Tua is looking like a good stream this week. Uh, isn't, isn't looking like oh, a good stream. Oh, it's not. Isn't. Okay, I was going to say, because I don't think it's. <laughs> um, yeah, Tua isn't looking like a good stream this week. He's been lackluster lately. He hasn't surpassed 20 fantasy points since week seven. Um, and the Saints have been pretty strong against quarterbacks. Um, they shut down Brady last week, which, you know, not easy to do. Um, and they held Dak to 238 yards, a touchdown, and interception. So um, I'm not looking to stream two of this week. Really, I'm not looking to play any – Dolphins outside of Jalen Waddle, who's been activated off the COVID list and should be ready to go. Do you feel differently? Well, Mike Kosicki. Obviously, he's a must-start at tight end. Yeah. Yeah, with how thin tight end is, like Kosicki is a must-start regardless of matchup or yeah. injury or whatever. He's had 19 targets the last two games. He's easily a top-12 tight end play. Devontae Parker, surprisingly, still healthy. <laughs> And when he plays, he, he's he been producing. He's had 60-plus yards in his last four games and had double digits in uh, two of those games. Um, but it's worth noting that Parker doesn't have a ton of fantasy value when Waddle's on the field, only topping double digits together once since week one. Yeah, uh, Parker's a bad, a hard, hard play this week. Um, I mean, he gets most of his plays on, or most of his value does come from deep balls, but he's going to be shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore this week because Waddle plays out of the slot. So that's tough. Marshawn Lattimore is a great cornerback. Um, and in the only in the seven games that uh, Devontae Parker has played, he only has two red zone targets for the entire year. So that's really tough. I mean, yeah, hard cornerback to to you know get open on. And then on top of that, you're not getting the you know the significant you know opportunities to score points, makes that a super super dicey play. Um, and then Miami's backfield situation. Obviously, Duke had a big game last week as a fill-in against the Houston Texans, but do you trust that? Um, he gets another you know majority role. 
And do you, if he does, do you think he can do anything against the Saints, who have been really good against the run? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just no. I mean, at best, he's at, at the very best. And this week, it's a fifty-fifty backfield. It probably won't be probably mostly Gaskin still. But then you're against the Saints. Like, come on, right? The Saints have made like really good running backs look really stupid this year. So yeah, not even close. And it's not like. Anyone's confusing Miles Gaskin or Duke Johnson as a really good running back. And I know Duke Johnson looked like Emmitt Smith last week. I said that earlier. <laughs> but he's not Emmitt Smith. Don't, yeah, don't get it confused. Um so like, yeah, no, you're just you're just not. Um, on the other side of the ball, Taysom Hill is on the COVID list. If he is vaccinated and asymptomatic, he could be eligible to play on Monday. Um, but that's dicey because he plays on Monday. You know, and if you don't get the update by, you know, Sunday morning, um, whether or not he's going to play, it almost is like you have to pivot away from Taysom Hill. Um, Simeon is also currently out with a non-COVID-related illness, which would leave fourth-rounder Ian Book to make his first career start for the Saints if both those guys are out on Monday. Yikes. So, yeah. <laughs> so the question is, is like, obviously you should be preparing if you're relying on Taysom Hill. You should be preparing to be without him. Um, And how far do you push it before benching Taysom Hill? Can't go past Sunday morning, right? I mean, No, not at all. And the thing is, too, you have to keep in mind, like, from the what New Orleans is saying and the way that they're proceeding with, with everything – they're expecting both Hill and Simeon to be gone for this game. Yeah. So, I mean, their expectation is that Ian Book plays, and if that's the case, then, I, I mean, I'm not even going to play the game. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm. Yeah, and if that's the case, do you even play Alvin Kamara, who struggled last week versus Tampa Bay and now is facing Miami, who hasn't allowed a rushing touchdown since week seven. They've also only allowed two receiving touchdowns to running backs all year. And that hasn't happened since week five. I mean, okay. I mean, you're not going to not start Kamara. Like, you you don't really have a choice. I mean, you probably draft him in, drafted him in the first round. Do you really have a, yeah. have a guy to, like, put over him? Um, if you absolutely did, I'd love to see what, like, who you picked up, like, super late or something that, like, or on the waiver wire to make a difference there. But that seems very unlikely. I mean, maybe if you're able to pick up, like, Ronald Jones. I could see that. Right, but then, I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Okay, if you picked up Ronald Jones, let's say, like, you also had, like, Joe Mixon. Yeah. Right? Then I could see that. Because um, you probably picked up Joe Mixon in, like, the third round. So I could see that happening. Um, but for most teams, you're not going to have a better option, regardless of what else is going on on the New Orleans Saints. Right. Um, that's all of them. That's all the games. So let's get into our Ooh, quick, it's very quick. The late half of the, or the second, you know, late window games is very quick for yeah. whatever reason. Like, there's only like five games in this in the late window. It's weird. Oh, there's no one else you're starting those in that game, right? I mean, on the Saints side, like, no, no. And Taysom Hill's out, then like it, it was Taysom or Kamara, and there's nobody else, regardless. Like, it doesn't matter. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's more than we could say for the uh, Jets-Jaguars game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Uh, all right, let's get into our starts of the week. Uh, I'll start it off here with the quarterback position. I'm going Matthew Matty Stafford. He had um, a floor game last week against Seattle, put up 16 fantasy points. It's kind of a weird game. Um, but I would expect another solid 20-plus from Stafford this week going up against Minnesota, who have given up the third most points to the to the quarterback position on the year. They've also given up the most points to the wide receiver position. So that would mean their secondary is not very good. Um, <laughs> it's also the highest over-under on the week. Um, I think you should play Stafford confidently this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you should have probably all the year. He's had a couple of down games, but, you know, <laughs> if any game that you're like, I can't start Stafford, you're probably high or something. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Trey starts of the weeks here, too. Um, that way we have everyone there. Um, he's going with, with his boy, Kyler Murray, who I know he drafted in quite a few leagues this year. Yep. Worked out pretty well for him. Um, he basically just saying that he expects him to have a, a really good bounce back game after a really poor showing in Detroit last week. Um, and I have to agree that, like, the whole Arizona offense feels like they're going to want to come out and, like, show, like, hey, like, last week was a complete fluke. Right. Uh, let's, you know, let's show that we're we're still a good team. We're still playoff ready. Yeah. If, if losing to the Lions in a dominant fashion does not put a little what pep are, in your step. Um, <laughs> losing to the Lions in a dominant fashion. Who Lions and dominant have not been they, the same sentence in a very sh- long time. They kind of shit on them. I mean. Like, no, they did. They did. So. Yeah, that that should definitely put some uh, some pep in the step, I would imagine. Yeah, I agree there. So uh, my start of the week, I'm going with, with with Russell Wilson. Um, honestly, this week was was hard for quarterbacks. I was it wasn't great, and I just kind of go with a gut thing. Um, Russell Wilson, as much as we said, he has not looked great for most of the year, um, and especially since the injury, he is having a really good match against the Bears. And he gets Tyler Lockett back, who is by far his favorite target. Tyler Lockett, since Russell Wilson's injury, since he came back from that, is averaging four and a half deep targets a game. And it's over 20 yards. So, like, he's getting a tons of look down, down the field. He catches one or two of those, and all of a sudden you have, you have a you know relevant fantasy game, which obviously that means great for Tyler Lockett, but I think it also bodes well for Russell. Yeah. Um, opening up the field means that the middle of the field is more open. The running game's more open, um, and I just it, and Russell Wilson probably is going to get back into just throwing touchdowns. The Bears are giving up the highest passing percentage of uh, touchdown or touchdown percentage on passes this year, so it just seems like this everything's kind of coming together. Not to mention, if you look at the injury report for the Bears, holy hell, their secondary is like Swiss cheese right now. <laughs> I mean, COVID injury and injuries, it's just, it's killing the secondary. So you have a veteran quarterback in Russell, should be able to dice it up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, they all want to prove that, hey, we're not as bad as our record says. And I could see them having a big game this week. Um, Running backs. I got Cordell Patterson this week. Um, It was a a tough week for, for Cordell last week. Pretty much his worst game of the year, um, but it was a it was a tough week in general, and especially for the Falcons against the Niners. This week they get Detroit. Detroit is giving up the second most points to the running back position, and he's really this team's best playmaker. Um, 
I got him as a top five running back this week against Detroit. I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That seems like a, a pretty – I mean, it's in the lines. Like, you play everyone against the lines, essentially. Excuse me, essentially. So, uh, going to Trey's starts of the week. This kind of surprises me. Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> he's he's on, he's on with uh, Rashad Penny. Um, interesting enough, like I had you know Russ, and he's going with Rashad. We'll see which one wins out here because they're. I mean, they could both have good games. You know, I can't say that, like only one's going to. Um, but you know, he it's a good matchup against Chicago. Chicago's given up over 100 yards rushing over the last two weeks, and Rashad Penny had you know before last week against the Rams, which is a very very tough defense. Um, had two back to back you know pretty good games. So, you know, it it can certainly happen. Um, he's Rashad Penny is certainly looking like the running back that the Seahawks thought they drafted four years ago. Yeah, I'm just worried about the split there. <sighs> yeah, you know, I'm not as worried about the split just because, like, DJ Dallas has been there and healthy all year. And he he hasn't, like, touched, like jumped into any but like significant carries until last week, so... I don't see that really changing. I think it was a, a kind of a one-off thing. So, anyways, uh, going to my uh, start of the week here. I'm going with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire against the Steelers. Hilaire? Hilaire. <laughs> um, I mean, the Chiefs are dealing, as we mentioned earlier, with a crazy amount of COVID issues, including you know their two biggest weapons, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. But I think that just means that if either one of them misses the game, that just is more work for the uh, Fresh Prince to go off on. <laughs> Um, and he's going up against a surprisingly weak Steelers defense against the run. Over the last six weeks, they're giving up on, on average 189 yards a game. It's a lot. You couldn't have said that about the Steelers in probably the last five decades. <laughs> yeah. So, and then on top of that, running backs have had multiple touchdowns in four of those six games. That means Clyde Edwards Lair is going to get in the end zone, and he better prepare a A-plus dance routine. <laughs> yeah, Clyde was almost uh start of the week for me as well. I think he has a big game. Uh for the receivers, I got Tyler Lockett. A lot of a lot of Seahawks on this uh <laughs> start of the week episode. <laughs> Very interesting. So they better not let us down. Um he missed Tuesday's game with COVID, obviously. Um, but like we talked about in our early window episode, it was pretty clear was that early or was that this episode? I can't remember. It, it was this episode. Oh, that was this episode. Okay. Well, like we talked about earlier in this episode, um, it was clear how much the offense missed him. And like you've been talking about, he opens up the offense for them. Um, incredible connection with Russell Wilson. And given the fact that Lockett's had a week off, I think they heavily rely on Tyler Lockett this week, given the short turnaround for the rest of the guys. Yeah. I mean, one of us is going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's going to have a good game. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see which one it is. Uh, going to Trey start, start of the week. He's by receiver. He's going with Amon Ra St. Saint Brown. Um, we talked a lot about him in the you know early window episode. He has just become an absolute target monster. 35 targets for the last three weeks. 35. That's a lot. I mean, are you like that? That's that's insane. That's, yeah, it's a massive target share. For, and that's for any receiver. Like, you know, I don't care if you were DeAndre Hopkins or Randy Moss. You know, like, that's a crazy <laughs> target share. It just is. Um, and so it's 
that kind of usage just throwing him way up into the receiver ranks. Um, I would imagine this is Trey's basing this off the fact that he expects Jared Goff to play. Yeah. But I imagine his opinion would be different if Jared Goff was not playing. Right, yeah. I'm sure that's, you know, an asterisk on, you know, Goff getting the start for sure. Um, but I, I would, I mean, I think we both kind of agree with him. Um, granted, if you did listen to the last episode, you heard about the Josh Reynolds thing. And if Josh Reynolds is out, there's a very interesting. Right. How is that going to change the offense? Right. You know? Yeah, that's been been Jim's opinion here for a few weeks since they got Josh Reynolds and how it opened up the rest of the offense. So we'll see if he's right. If Josh Reynolds is out, it'll be it's interesting to watch. For sure. Who's your receiver? I'm going with Antonio Brown. He is back, and I don't care what's happening. I don't care that he hasn't that he hasn't played in two months. I don't care that he faked COVID vaccination status. I don't care that he's not fully healthy from his ankle injury. All I know is that he is by far Tom Brady's favorite target when he plays. Yep. He had a higher target share than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the first six weeks of the year. That's when they were both healthy. In that time frame, Antonio Brown was receiver number six as the quote-unquote third receiver on this team. Right. So that honestly just means that Antonio Brown, I think, is guaranteed a top ten play this week. And I actually feel like he's going to be a uh, top five play. Yeah, I do too. I think he's an absolute smash play, and it's it's kind of crazy how many people were willing to drop him after his suspension because they were thinking, well, he's not going to be back till maybe week sixteen, and then it's you know Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski. Right. Like, how much can you actually trust him now? Godwin's out for the year. Mike Evans is dealing with the hamstring. I mean, now he's looking like a, a league winner. So. My condolences if you dropped him and someone else picked him up. <laughs> um, that happened in some of the leagues I'm in, and I did pick him up um, in one league where you guys aren't in it with me, but um, I actually picked Antonio Brown up before the game happened where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin got hurt, and boy, am I happy about that because <laughs> yeah. that might just win me that league. Yeah, more than likely, more than likely. Um, at tight end, speaking of the Buccaneers, I got Gronk going against the uh, Panthers. 11 targets last week for Gronk uh, in week 15. He only caught two of them. But uh, like we were just talking about, with the receivers banged up, Brady will force Gronk the ball, and he will force Antonio Brown the ball. It's going to be the Brown and Gronk show, and um, I think it's safe to say Gronk is a solid bet on having a top 10 tight end week. Yeah, I know also some people are going to come out there and say, like, oh, well, you know, he only had two catches because, like, Tom Brady couldn't give him the ball in, in good spots. Tom Brady was super inaccurate. But he was playing the Saints, and the Saints got after Tom Brady. It's a good defense. They have is. been all year. It is. And we and everyone knows. Like, it's been this the way for, what, a decade probably. You get to Tom Brady on the pass, especially low, you rattle him. Yeah. He becomes a very inaccurate quarterback. And it's not like the Panthers have the same type of pass rush as New Orleans does. So don't worry about that. I mean, I'm sure Tom Brady will be back to his you know 70% completion rate this week. Yeah, for sure. You want to do Stinks tight end? You want me to? <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Stinks got Mike Kosicki against the Saints. Uh, even though Waddle is back, which will likely take targets away from Gusecki, um, 
he doesn't think that'll matter because New Orleans Saints are strong defense against the receivers. Um, Gusecki's just a freak athlete at tight end. They rely on him a lot in the passing game. He's a solid start week in and week out um, at the tight end position. And I think Trey's got a point there with, you know, the Saints being able to shut down receivers. Um, Miami could be looking to Gesicki a lot. For sure. I mean, and I mean, Gesicki's been one of uh, Trey's tight ends all year long and and proven correctly, obviously. So uh, it'll be a great play regardless. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. And if you listen to the last episode, (laughs) I know. Um, I mean, for weeks, we've all been saying, like, Pitts is barely a starting tight end. You know, he was, like, hovering right around, you know, tight end 12, 13, 14, week in and week out. Um, But this week, I think he puts it back on track. Also, I think he's an absolute smash as a top five tight end play this week. Top five. Top five. The Lions are giving up almost 20 points per game over the last month to tight ends. They gave up the highest deep ball completion percentage and given up the most receptions on deep balls this year. Kyle Pitts leads all tight ends in depth of or yards of depth yards per target. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> average, <laughs> average depth of target. <laughs> average depth of target. Thank you. I should probably just read my notes instead of going <laughs> off the top of the head. Um, but, I mean, yeah. So he gets the – whenever he does get, get looks, it's down the field. That's where the Lions are the most, uh, you know, susceptible to. So this just means Kyle Pitts is is due for a break, a, finally a break game, get out of the slump, and be a top five play. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, let's give you Stinky's defenses of the week. Um, he's got a few of them listed out here for you. Um, Miami versus the New Orleans Saints. If Simeon or Book starts at QB, then it's really looking like a juicy matchup for the Miami defense, um, who's been playing really well, um, especially if they get a a rookie there starting in Ian Book. That's looking juicy. Uh, Seattle Seahawks playing the Chicago Bears. Seattle has been a consistent defense all year, and Justin Fields or Andy Dalton isn't changing that. <laughs> uh, I don't know how consistent Seattle's been as a defense all year. But the one thing you can say, they give up a ton of yards, but they yeah. they don't get scored on. Um, right. So that's that's huge. Uh, not that this is fans related, but this is a fun little stat for the Seahawks defense. So they're dead last in yards per game, but they're fifth in points per game. No defense in NFL history has ever finished last in yards and then in the top 10 in points per game. So Ben don't break, baby. <laughs> yeah, like the literal <laughs> definition of that. Yeah. Um, but I do like the matchup, you know, with Justin Fields or Andy Dalton at quarterback. Um, then he's got Detroit Lions against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he said last week might have been a fluke for the Lions, but even if it was, Matt Ryan in this Falcons offense has been struggling as a whole. If the Lions can carry a bit of momentum against the struggling Falcons, this could be a worthy play. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a bit of a risky play, but they did play well against a strong offense in the Arizona Cardinals. They did. Um, you know, they're they're not backing down from anyone. That's for sure. Dan Campbell at least has them playing tough. You know. Yeah. So there's that. But I'm I would caution going away from that. Um, I think Atlanta offense gets back on track this week. That's why I have Kyle Pitts as a as my tight end of the week. 
I think Russell Gage also has a, a decent game. And obviously, you also heard Cordell Patterson as James started yeah. the league at running back. So, um, I would caution you. But I mean, shoot, we've been we've been fooled before, and and Trey could be all could be very right about this. He could be. I you know I I love Dan Campbell as a coach, um, but the skill on the defense I don't think pars with um with the you know the energy of <laughs> of Dan Campbell. Um so anyways, um yeah, I would probably caution against that too, but I like the other defenses. Um that'll do it for our starts of the week and the matchups. So um if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um and thank you for listening. Um Good luck in the semifinals. We hope to see you back for the championship week. Um, And, yeah, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And talk to you later.